0: Hey, everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios, and brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with a terrific gentleman who began his writing career at a young age, and one of his teachers asked the class to write a poem. And he also attended college, joined the workforce, and continued to write in his spare time. And his writing career reflects a deep sense of purpose, and his stories garner critical acclaim. And what they are, we'll find more about that. He's got a brand-new book. there's a collection of short stories um, diving deeply into the human experience and offering a thought-provoking canvas upon which to contemplate life's puzzling complexities. He's also written a book, um, Narcian. If I got that right, Naricon, Naricon. Naricon, yes, The Cloak Deception and Love in a Dying Town. And he's got a new book out there called Baseball Dreams and Bikers. And we're going to find out what those baseball dreams are. If you're a Mets fan, Yankee fan, Red Sox fan, you'll want to listen up here live, ladies and gentlemen, from the plus studios from somewhere in the Catskills of, uh, new york state as well and he's got a book a collection of short stories uh, diving deeply into human experience he's got the new book baseball dreams and bikers ladies and gentlemen the multi-talented doug robbins doug good morning good afternoon good evening thanks for uh, joining us. thank you for that intro
1: mike uh you know thank you very much great glad to be here
0: well it's great to have you on board as well too and uh i love that title by the way we'll get more into that but first you began your writing career at a young age when one of your teachers ask a class to write a poem you attended college joined the workforce continue to write in your spare time you also um have a writing career that reflects a deep sense of purpose and your stories have gained critical acclaim and you also have your book um narakan the cloak deception love in a dying time and your book baseball dreams and bikers it's a collection of short stories diving deeply into the human experience and it's offering thought-provoking canvas which contemplates life's hustling complexities and before getting all that maybe a Bay baseball tell us how i first got started doug how i first got started writing um just just overall in your career you know how how you first get started go back to the beginning
1: beginning the go beginning like, yeah. was you know when i was a kid i really rejected school and really a lot of the institutions that we were sort of thrust uh into and i just felt like there was something a little off in the offering uh, something I didn't distrust, but I was always fascinated with words and ideas. And so I would often be in the woods and just kind of contemplating uh, things. But also I realized in the woods, there was no demands being put upon me. I was simply being. Uh, and and because of that, I had the space and the time to sort of pursue some of these ideas. So as I got a little older, I was in a band and I started writing some lyrics. But really, where I found a power in the words was in that poem that I wrote for that one class. Now, I didn't get a lot of um, attaboys from my father, if you will. So I it it felt like kind of often unseen quite often with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had written this this little poem. And it was sort of one of the times that I that he laughed. He actually like kind of acknowledged it. And I thought one of the lines, if I may say, was like, religion is the lifelong betrayal. All you do is put a lot of money in the mail. Something like that. um whatever it was just you know that's
0: that's that's a good point i like that one that's rather clever too. put it in the mail and just pray it gets there so (laughs) that's
1: right that's right so i got like you know a a nice response from him and then also from the class and from the teacher and i thought hmm, there's something to this and in the words there there was a power in the words that i didn't feel anywhere else in my life and so that kind of started the trajectory of writing
0: Mm mm-hmm that's rather interesting. And what was that one precise moment, besides what you talked about, that influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career, especially with uh, writing your first book, second book, or any of those books? You know, Mike, it was really just, it was more necessity than anything.
1: Sort of that burning desire, that, that fire in the belly, if you will, uh, that just kept calling to me. No matter what I was doing, kind of burying it or jobs or partying or whatever, that longing was always there calling to me um and so at one point my mother um so i'd always i had written but i never knew what i was writing for exactly just more observations and then my mother had passed away Mm -hmm. uh when i was 20 um and that you know obviously put my life in a tailspin and my father's and my sisters and um i started writing this sort of um, homage to her about young love and a parent with with cancer sort of um a con- contrend because you have the kids who are in love and yet the, the the parent is sick so how do you love someone when you know someone close to you is, is sick and dying so sort of that contrasting uh storyline and um I never really finished it because it was I, I didn't know how to write though that's the problem uh-huh. I didn't understand story arc or character development or um you know good dialogue uh, so I'd written it and then, you know, I'd moved to New York City and sent the book out thinking the sky was going to open and doves were going to be released and all I heard were crickets. Um, and so that was so disheartening. But, you know, again, when you when you have something that's yours, even if you bury it or let it go and if it comes back to you, then it must be yours and you must be it. So I'd stopped writing for a couple years because I was in such a dark place, just partying, you know, feeling sorry for myself feeling like the victim that, that God had forgotten me, if you will. Um, and then eventually writing started creeping back into my life. And so I started, uh, I finally finished a first uh, novel called The Reluctant Human, which is really about regrets and getting off um, the path that you're supposed to be on. And truly, that's what a lot of stories are, are. Is so easy to get off the path of where we're trying to go because pain gets in the way or bad choices get in the way. And we find mm-hmm. ourselves down the wrong road and going, how the heck did we get here? And how do we get back over there?
0: Oh, exactly. I know exactly what you mean on that one, too. And um, and of course, you know, you enjoy writing and everything else and, um, you know, everything else like that. And by the way, we're not taking phone calls on the show. And um, and uh, and of course, you did a little bit of writing. You did a little bit of reading yourself. And um, I, I know you've done writing off on read off on everything else. Who are some of your favorite um, authors and uh, writers growing up?
1: Um, Herman Hesse was a big influence uh, of mine because he sort of spoke in deep manners uh, about general topics could be war or relationship or whatever it might be. But there was always a deeper spiritual, emotional sense to it, that deeper humanity, that kind of that that current that runs through the characters. Uh, Hemingway, Henry Miller was a big influence of mine um, because he wrote this blunt, sort of realist writing that really just grabbed you by the, the collar and didn't let you go. So those are some of the heroes, Jack Kerouac, you know, um, number of folks, but, you know, I like that kind of realist humanity that runs through stories that there's a deeper sense to the characters.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and what are some of the stories uh, that you have uh, mainly written about? What are some of the stories that you felt really stood out, you know, you know, besides life, like what particular are some of the stories you've written about? Well, my last book
1: before Baseball Dreams and Bikers is called Love in a Dying Town, and and I saw you might remember a couple of years ago in Flint, Michigan, they were really struggling with water. They right? Had water yeah, crisis. I
0: remember that, and I and yeah. I did find out. By the way, I was going to interrupt, but the real cause of it: Keith Moon, twenty-one years old, drove his Lincoln Continental into the Holiday pool. That started the water problem right there. So <laughs> <laughs> Keith Moon was the turn of the starter, huh? He was, he was uh, a troublemaker, 21 years old, drove his brand new uh, Lincoln Continental into the Haldane pool. And that's where the water problem started. I tell yeah, people that yeah. nobody believes me.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. That's a tough theory to push there. <laughs> um, but uh, so, you know, I started thinking like, you know, not it's not, the st- story is not really about Flint, Michigan, but it's, it's about a dying factory town. Mm-hmm. But people still live there. They're trying to raise families and they're still tra- showing the kids right from wrong. So it was sort of, the American dream pitted against the American nightmare, if you will. Uh, and so, you know, there's a father. He's, a, he's really a single father. The the, the the mother is in the picture for the most part, but she's kind of crazy and, and destructive and sort of competitive with their one child. She's a drinker. And the father sort of has to kind of get her away from the child because she's a bad influence and damaging the, this sweet girl that they have together. Um, So the father's trying to keep it all together himself and be an honorable man and show her right from wrong and not go to the bottle himself. Um, So it's sort of that is like, how do you show someone right from wrong when so much is going wrong around you? But because you're a father, you still have to find the good and you still have to show the child the way. So it's really about courage and sacrifice and community coming together. And that's ultimately what it's we're always about, right, is people coming together uh, in time of need. So I, I think it's a very sweet little story. But so Love in a Dying Town is sort of one of those stories that, like I said, the American backdrop of a dying factory town, foreclosures, et cetera, but still trying to make a life.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and and also, too, that, um, you, know, you know, besides Flint and everything else, uh, was it just about Flint, Michigan, or are there are some other towns? That... No, it's not
1: about Flint, Michigan at all. It's really a made-up town. But You know, there are so many towns throughout the country, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Flint, Michigan, you know, places in Indiana, um, all over the country where factories, uh, you know, have left to go, you know, other other countries. And the towns are left dying, basically, because all of the money has pulled out. But where do the people go? Still people there.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting story as well, too. And of course, we'll go on to um Narcan, the uh, Cloak Deception, and a bit more about that one. Yeah. So
1: Narcan is an interesting one. I had never written sci-fi, um, but I started thinking, like, you know, there's all these sci-fi movies and Marvel and all that. But what if there was a deeper science fiction? You know, science fiction slash fantasy, you can really expand the boundaries of reality. Right, you can only do that so much in a regular story, but w- when you're in that genre, you can really expand it out. And so, it's really about the dark and light within each of us. And but yet in this, there are entities fighting over that. So there, there are otherworldly entities fighting over the good and bad. And America, not America, Earth is the 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 base or the bottom of the sentient beings' evolution um so that's kind of what it's about is really about the, the spiritual evolution of humans and so the negative or the dark forces are trying to stop that so that beacon you have within that's always trying to propel you forward the dark forces are trying to crack that code if you will to submerge humanity into permanent darkness and thus stop the evolution of souls
0: Mm -hmm. And and that's a rather interesting concept as well, too. And we'll talk about your book, uh, Baseball, Dreams, and Bikers with Doug Robbins. But first, listen to The Mike Widener Show at the themikewidenershow.com. Powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention Mike Weidner's show, get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout out to our official sponsor, The Mike Weidner Show, International Warring Author Mia Molsonzia. If you love fast paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molsonzia. available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target where truth is illusion and those you love be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson Zia has got great reviews. And evil 11 enjoys by Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and m So grab your copy today for goes missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon. Also check out the Mike Winer Show at the MikeWeinerShow.com under 40 podcast platforms. Heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, also Apple Music, Odyssey, Pandora, TuneIn, Podbean and more. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and more. Also on BitChute and Rumble. Make sure you take us with you on any mobile device. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Weidner Show podcast. T shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies makes great gifts 24 7. Go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Weidner Show. Great for the holidays, by the way birthdays, celebrations, and more. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash me and Zia for great books like Missing, Once and Wrinkles, plus T-shirts, pop suckers like hoodies, phone cases, and more. Makes great gifts for your loved ones. Amazon.com slash me and Zia. Check it out today and support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the Show.com. We're here with the amazing author, Doug Robbins of Baseball, Dreams, and Bikers here on the Mike Widener Show. And um, it all started uh, writing a poem and a couple of books later. He's got baseball dreams and bikers. And, um, you know, tell us more about that. Um, you know, especially baseball dreams and bikers, but first, how'd you come up with the name, by the way?
1: I worked at that name because, you know, it was really about, so there are three stories in the book. The longest one is the title book, you know, is, is, is basically a novella, uh, baseball, James, and bikers. And it, it's, it's so has Americana running through it, cornfields, baseball, bikers and i started thinking like what is it was actually called the biker and the kid initially uh, i was like no that's that's that was more just a working title while i was writing it and i said okay i need something more that really grabs the imagination of what is so started working at the title and just it eventually came out as baseball dreams of bikers like that's it
0: how do you like that and uh and how does the baseball you know intertwine with the dreams and the bikers How's all uh, managed to intertwine well
1: so there's a, a baseball prodigy. He's a high school baseball player, and his parents, uh, you know, he the father loses the job, so the parents are now fighting, and they become separated. And so the the kid be, starts going down the wrong path, starts getting into partying, and he doesn't realize that he's getting further away from his dream. And I think this is what happens to everyone: is they don't realize it because the dream remains the same, but you're not the same, right? You start doing things that are pulling you away from it, thinking bad things, et cetera. And so he starts going down the wrong road, even though he's still playing, he's not playing as well. Coach is like, what's wrong with you guys? Like you're taking a really bad time now to slump. I'll be okay, coach, I'll be okay. But he's not gonna be okay. Until an ex-con uncle who just gets out of prison basically starts intervening in a very tough manner, if you will. Um, And the kid does not like it at all, does not like him, is not proud of his uncle, uh, but his uncle does not care. His Mm -hmm. uncle has been there, done that, and he sees what's going on because he lost his own dream as a kid. So that's it in a nutshell. Uh, It's, you know, about family dynamics, uh, like I said, Americana, but it's really about holding on to those dreams and they are so easily slipped away. Mm -hmm. And And so what
0: what would it be if
1: you had someone who was aware of that and was saying, Hey, no, 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 come back over here. Let's correct. Let's course correct a little bit, but it doesn't happen. And then we realized 10, 20 years later, Oh, if I had only done X. And that's why the first story is called someone anonymous, which is about people with regrets that they feel like they're someone yet they feel like they're living their anonymous lives mm-hmm. because they did not fulfill the dream.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's also important that, uh, it, it helps you reflect multifaceted. And of course, you know, self, self-discovery self being so important, self-reflection, yes. yes. everything like that. And it's all revolving around the self.
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and also, too, that, uh, you know, having like aspirations and everything else. And of course, I'm thinking about baseball. I'm thinking about, you know, you know, baseball dreams, baseball teams and everything else. And by the way, speaking of baseball, who's your favorite baseball team? Well, I grew up just
1: outside of the Bronx, so the Yankees uh, have been, and I know they're a big empire and they're a big corporation, and they make a lot of terrible decisions, but still a Yankee fan.
0: <laughs> well, I gotta say that I think they uh, they were running um, alone neck and neck, well, with uh, Boston, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden they had what well, they had like um, almost franchise record, what 12, 15 game losing streak, and went down to yeah. last place. Like, oh my gosh! And I they think were, they um, were bad. Uh huh. And I think I, I don't blame the team. I blame the front office. Oh, yeah. Still alive. Billy Martin or whoever's in charge, Joe Torrey and all that, like several times to get the message across. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's just they were once
1: proud. I think they got a little arrogant and hubris uh, kind of got in their way of, of good decisions.
0: Uh huh. And, and and I and I still enjoyed Aaron Judge's um you know oh, breaking yeah. breaking uh you gotta love
1: him. Just you might not like the Yankees, but you gotta love Judge, period, you know.
0: Right, yeah. And I remember the days of um Jorge Posada was our 97, Andy Pettit, and all those guys. Loved I think them. that was that was really like the best year that you really enjoyed watching the Yankees oh Loved. that. It was like, yeah, everything was like either Boston, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that that was the uh uh quite an era 96 to 2000 yeah Mm -hmm. fun to watch
0: oh definitely too and of course you know we all have our dreams and aspirations as well too and of course um you also have uh, a story in there called um charlie hero in the book and tell us more i do i do Mm -hmm. well
1: you know it's funny mike when i was writing i wrote all these stories separately there was never an intention of putting them into an anthology together Mm -hmm. and then i had them all finished I was like, hey, there's there's a theme running through all of these stories, and that is dreams, being seen and, and living that best life. And dreams are not like, they're not disconnected from who we are. They are built within us. And if we are not upholding or driving forward towards them, we often have regrets. We feel small. We feel unseen. We feel like we're not living the life we should be living. So Charlie Hero is a writer. He's a middle-aged writer who is a very sweet, innocent soul. He lives in New York City, works at a bookstore. He wrote a, a, a self-published book, but he can't get any any respect. He doesn't have the pedigree. He doesn't have the connections. He does not have an MFA. He's not connected by by any stretch. And so, he just turned fifty, and he's getting desperate, you know. And so he takes matters into his own hands to get on the new york times bestseller list and i will hmm. leave it at that
0: oh, i see okay i was hoping to give a little <laughs> word of encouragement and how to get on the um new york times bestseller list was it legally or illegal? No. <laughs> that's that's the only question i was going to ask you we'll have it as the ultimate cliffhanger legal or illegal <laughs> say that i, I
1: could answer the question no it was not legal
0: Okay, we got that right. So we encourage everybody to get the book Baseball Dream and Bikers with um Doug Rylans on the Mike Wagner show. And of course, you talk about the family dynamics and of course, you know, you know, why it's so important, family bonds and everything else, and um, you know, maybe a bit more with your experience or a person's experience and um, you know, the days of uh social media and, and you know, we got Instagram, Facebook, and what was it, TikTok, threads, and just about everything under the sun. And, yeah. and, it, and it seems like that the family dynamic has changed and, um, you know, how can families still uh, manage to come together or be stronger together, despite all the uh, bombardment with uh, social media? Yeah. I mean,
1: all of us, you know, it's a sickness if we're on it too much and it really affects us deeply, uh, kind of scrambles our brains and puts a lot of garbage in there as well. You can find some good stuff as well, but it's just random, It you know, random algorithms, you know, built for you. Um, but, you know, like with anything, you have to you have to put time into it. You know, family, you have to do things you have to have try to have dinner together or take, you know, go to events together and just make sure you have that bond, um, especially when you have a child. We have a child who is 14 and, um, you know, she's on her her phone a lot. And it's so important to do things and get her off of it and get her back to being a kid.
0: Mm-hmm. and I think there's a big pressure as well too that um you also have like the simple themes, but you have the um complex themes, and um you know about um just throughout the book, and maybe you can just um how you manage to inter intertwine and everything else. I mean, you've got some like, of course, you have the ability of making the uh, complex issues into um simple ones. Well, thank you. That's very
1: kind of you. I mean, the stories are are simple in themselves, but our day-to-day stories are simple in themselves, but it's the complexities that are deeper down, right? The things that we're feeling and um, the the things we're longing for and the struggles that we're feeling and often feeling them alone. Um, So that's the stuff I try to bring to the surface, things that are often maybe swept under the rug or not addressed. Um, And, you know, mental health is something, but, you know, just honoring each other, you know, It's so easy to tear each other down. You see that a lot on the news and social media, people tearing each other down or or presenting that their lives are perfect or whatever it might be. But if we just honored each other a little bit more and honored who we truly are trying to be instead of tearing down, how about we lift up and encourage and acknowledge? Like I said, everybody is trying to be seen. That's really, I think, what social media is about. Everyone doing these selfies all the time. It's not that really they want to put a thousand selfies up. They want to be seen. And I don't mean in a vain, superficial manner. I mean in that they matter and that they have purpose in this life.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and where do you think at what point it life has gotten away from its purpose? What point do you think uh, it has been like era wise or event wise, everything like that? At what point do you think purpose has just escaped from us?
1: It's like anything, Mike. I mean, if you keep, like I was saying earlier about the dreams, if you keep stepping away from that in the wrong direction, it's going to seem like it's an impossible feat, but it's not. You just start stepping back into that direction. You start course correcting. It's not all at once because it doesn't happen. It doesn't unfold all at once. So maybe a little bit less on the social media, a little bit more on on your health or eating better, or just maybe uh, listening to a positive podcast or you know hearing you know whatever or reading something or going for a walk in the woods slight changes make a big difference and so it's, it becomes this incremental change for good or for bad and you look at at our politics right now i mean the country looks like it's just ready to you know implode um correct yeah and
0: i see it all the time and i just simply switch it off do something else right. and- you just get bombarded on, on all channels. Remember the Bruce Springsteen song back in 92, 57 channels and nothing on. Remember that song?
1: There you go. There you go.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and I was thinking about the other day, I was going over with a friend of mine and they said, remember uh, Bruce Springsteen complained about 57 channels and nothing on. Now, all of a sudden, we got about um, over a million channels on all the um outlets and there's still nothing going on. Well, Pink Floyd even said it before that 13 channels of
1: shit on my TV to choose from.
0: <laughs> um, I, I totally forgot about that. That was, was it? Um, nobody home from the there wall. There you go. Like, oh my memory. gosh. I I can't. I'm glad you brought that up. It's like, I totally forgot about that line. Now I got to impl- implement that into my uh, conversation. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the thing is people think Social media is this um, uh, immediate gratification, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not how life works. And so it's fine when we're sad or we we want to escape, but maybe there's something we need to address that we're trying to escape from uh, because that's not going to actually feed you or heal you or change your life by constantly escaping into whatever uh, social media it is. So again, we need to kind of pull back and spend a little time with ourselves because you say, well, there's all shit or garbage to, to, to choose from. It's like, well, there's things on. If you just want to watch football, you want to watch a movie. Great. But what are you doing with the rest of the day? It's very easy to escape. But the problem is you're not actually escaping anything mm-hmm. momentarily, some discomfort maybe, but it doesn't help you. And time keeps ticking by.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know, there's also a job. There's also, um, you know, working out of the home, a hobby, and everything else, Yeah. and you're talking about watching a football game, maybe a Jets would be a good escape, or maybe not. You know, depends on who's quarterbacking.
1: (laughs) You know what the best escape is? Talking to a friend, laughing, being being with someone you love.
0: Mm -hmm. And also having a pet, and also reading a good book as well. Yes. Yes, right. I know a good book, Mike. What's that? I know of a great book for people to read. That's right. Baseball dreams and bikers. <laughs> and uh, before we get more into that, um, we, we, you know, actually, I think we will contemplate on that. We'll return with um, author Doug Robbins of baseball dreams and bikers. Just to a um, few more things, you listen to the Mike Wagner show, at the Mike powered by Sonic web studios and brought to you by our official sponsor of the Mike Wagner show, international warming author, Mia me and is missing. We'll be back with author Doug Robbins of baseball dream and bikers after this time. We're back with author Doc Robbins of um baseball dreams and bikers here on the Mike Wagner show. And of course, if you think we'll be talking baseball, well, I think you'll have to go to MLB.com. You're talking dreams. You've got right here and bikers. Well, I guess that's a different story. And have you wanted to become a biker?
1: I am a biker. Nice. I've been a biker ever since I was a kid. I've had, I had many bikes and then Hondas and I've been riding my whole life. So yeah, right now I have a triumph and, just took a ten day ride with my wife. She just started riding this year. We took a ten day ride up to um, Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine, and um, pretty stunning. So yes,
0: that is fascinating. We encourage everybody to do the same thing, and of course, you know, you know, taking in a good book like Baseball Dream and Bikers as well too. And uh, what are some of your favorite books you've read in the past? You know, speaking of good literature, that I've read in the past. Correct. Yeah, or your favorite um, books, I should say.
1: Yeah, so tr- like I mentioned uh, Henry Miller before Tropic of Cancer was was really prophetic to me. It just, it, you know, as far as writing, for me, it was the Bible of writing because it was so raw, so in your face, but so well written. It wasn't the traditional, OK, you have to have this perfect beginning, middle end and this beautiful story arc and the character needs to develop and all these things. And there was some of that, but just the writing the day-to-day observations and crafting of prose was so prophetic. Uh, I carried that book with me everywhere I went, and I, I probably read it ten times.
0: That is so amazing, as well, too. And what can uh, people uh, get from the book, uh, "Baseball Dreams and Bikers"? What can they get from it? Uh,
1: I think a reflection of their own lives. You know, I'm getting so many nice comments from people, and, and um, just saying how it profoundly affected them. One woman was saying, so the first story is someone anonymous. It's sort of a group therapy uh, idea, sort of like a play on Alcoholics Anonymous. But uh, like I said, for someone, people feeling that they're someone, but they feel anonymous. Um, And so many people have said like this book, I've gone to therapy, I've done this, I've done that. And this book made me cry. This story touched me in these places that I haven't been able to get to in the group therapies that I've gone to. Um, so you know, I think why it's why the stories matter is because they're universal. Everybody has choices that they made that they are regretful about. Everybody has something relationship wise that they feel like maybe they let somebody down or let themselves down. But you know the truth is the the theme of through the book are dreams, but there's always hope in these in dreams, mhm. So that's really what what the story is, why it's many people see it's so compelling to so many people, I guess, um, is because it is about everyone. Okay, you know, I'm not writing about like spies in Norway, Um, you know, like I'm writing about again, day to day people who are going through what they're going through. Um, There's one gentleman at the beginning of someone anonymous, the first story in the book who feels like his life was a waste. He feels like he he you know he failed himself, but the, uh, the 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 moderator says you know really is that true? Let's break down that down. Well, you have two kids who are very successful. You had a great marriage, so maybe your life wasn't a waste. Maybe you're just looking at it wrong.
0: Hmm. That maybe isn't... your
1: dream is still there. You just got to act on it,
0: or or hasn't come to you as of yet. You know, it just makes you think of a song by Dire Straits when it comes to you and you know, just makes me think of it right there. You know, some of the Dire straight songs just kind of relate to that. When it comes to you, that's what makes me think of it.
1: Well, you, ha- you have to be a, a participant in your life, right? You you have to be an active participant. Uh, you can't be passive. People are not going to show up at your door and say, hey, you're great. You know, let, let's help help you make this come true. But if you take actions, there is an equal reaction. Um, and that's why I think, like I said, the story the story of Someone Anonymous is about six different people there's one moderator and one guy feels one guy is bitter. One guy feels like a loser. One woman feels like her husband takes advantage of her. Um, there's an artist in there. You know, uh, People create these constructs of their lives and they get stuck in them. And we've all done it. I've certainly done it. Um, and we feel like this is all there is. But this is just a creation of the mind. And once you start pulling at the strings of these things, these constructs start falling away and you realize, oh, I'm still this same person with this same longing. And if I just take some actions, it doesn't have to be some grandiose thing. But if I start taking some actions and start stepping in this direction of the light, your life changes, your perspective changes, the way you feel, the way you wake up in the morning. And that's where dreams are found. It is not in some abstraction it is something that you are capable of being because that was what you are
0: meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important as well too. And where can we find your book, Baseball Dreams and Bikers? And uh, what's the website? Uh, well, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and anywhere that sells books. Uh, and my
1: website is douglasrobbinsauthor.com. If anybody wants to sign up, um, you get a free story on my website. And then you, know, you start getting emails about, you know, new releases i have a podcast called the den of discussion uh really about the human condition creativity you know spirituality mental health etc um so yeah you can find me at douglas robbins
0: we'll certainly do that as well we're here with author doug robbins of baseball dreams and bikers here on the mike whitener show just a couple more things what else can we expect from you in 2023 going into 2024 and beyond well michael excellent question sir
1: um so i'm I'm finishing up or I'm halfway through Narrakhan two um Rise of the dark King and then I'm trying to finish up a uh, a novella about Native Americans mm. um again, they deserve to be honored and to be acknowledged uh and I feel like the country has done such a disservice uh to them in general for hundreds of years uh and I feel like My voice is one to bring the oppressed into the light. So I feel like people that are not getting uh, anything that's, like I said, swept under the rug or pushed aside or something, maybe that's a difficult conversation. Those are important conversations to have.
0: And certainly India as well, too. We're looking forward to having you on for that. And who do you consider biggest influence in your career? Um,
1: I'm going to say my wife she is a, a she's tough she demands the most of me i demand the most of her as well uh so i think we really push each other to be our best because do you want to be around someone who's always feeling sorry for himself and that's that was me for for several years uh and she's like you're better you're better than this and she was right
0: uh-huh. so i'm going to say my wife and that's a really good answer as well too it's it, it's great to have support and what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point
1: You know, it's easy to feel alone uh, in this world and in our lives. And that's the beauty of books sometimes, or music is is you connect and you don't feel so alone. So there are people like you out there. Um, So please reach out. And, you know, like there's so much love. We all want love. Well, you have beauty in you. You have love in you. Please don't push it aside.
0: And that's exactly a really good point as well. We're with author Doug Robbins of baseball dreams and bikers here on the Mike Wagner show, Doug, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Learned a lot from you. Looking forward to having him soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love happy back again. What's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your books? DouglasRobbinsauthor.com
1: or you could go to Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, baseball dreams of bikers or check out love in a dying town or any of those books, uh, Mentioned, but it's been such a pleasure being on the show, Mike.
0: And it's great to have you on as well. Once again, Doug, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to having again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Laugh at you back. Wish you all the best. And, Doug, you definitely have a great future. Have you.
1: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Be well now.